Hey guys, and welcome to the Nashville for Nobodies podcast. I am your host, Bobby Gordon, along with my co-host, Kyle Thurkey, and we're going to be talking about the Nashville music scene and the ins and outs of Lower Broadway and a bunch of other random stuff that comes to mind. So if you're thinking about Nashville or new to Nashville and want to wrap your head around what's going on, this might be a great place to start. Take a listen. What's going on, everybody? It's Kyle Thurkey with Nashville for Nobodies. And Bobby Gordon here for another podcast. Yay! We're Fun getting stuff. things done, finally. Before we introduce our guests, though, I want to do another quick reminder about my Ooh, fundraiser. Um, I'm doing a fundraiser for the Breast Cancer Can Stick It organization. I have links up on my socials so you can check that out. Or you can Venmo me at Story of Bob if you would like to donate. But all that money goes to helping patients pay for their treatment, testing, that sort of thing. So be a hero and help me out. So y'all make sure you go check out Breast Cancer Can Stick It. And support Bobby. I sent y'all some money last week. I'll do it some more again this week. Uh, today in the house, we have one of the best guitar players and coolest people I've ever met in this I can town. vouch for that. Dean Sizemore. Dean, hey, what's welcome up, in. How you doing, buddy? Hey, thank you guys for having me. Glad to be here. I absolutely love your hat. Thank you. I'm a huge that's a, Dragon Ball Z fan. Yeah, that's a that's a GameStop original find. Uh, I'm, I'm um, in love. I love it. <laughs> thank you. I get more compliments on this hat than anything I own. Really? Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's ironic great. thing. Oh yeah. Oh man, so are you an anime fan? Uh, growing up, yeah, I watched quite a uh, a lot of it when I was a kid, like middle school, early high school. I had a a couple of buddies that were really into it, and um, I still have my old DVD collection. You know, nice. I don't watch it all that much these days, but yeah, yeah, I definitely grew up on it. That's awesome. I like to hear that. I love nerds. Nerds are fun. Yeah, it's hard to be a kid back in my generation and not, you know, remember Dragon Ball and Dragon right. Ball Z and all that. I remember it. I just never got into Dragon Ball Z. Like, yeah, I, Pokemon was as far as I got as sure. far as like the anime stuff, and that was it. I never. That's when I fell off of all that. Mm-hmm. Was like, well, I guess right you just you. have to be cooler than us. Yeah, wow. <laughs> no, I like what sucks is Mr. now I know nothing. Club over here. I, <laughs> now I know nothing about it. So like when people talk about, it, I'm just like, oh man, I guess I'll sit this conversation out. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a even me. You know, having seen it back in the day, like there was a guy he, the other day he mm-hmm. noticed I was wearing it, and he goes, "What do you think about this?" And I was like, "Oh," I was like, "I've I've seen." The, the early Dragon Ball Z, he was asking me about like some of the new stuff. And I was yeah. like, man, I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen any of it. You know, it's pretty good. You should, you should, if you yeah. have, you know, like a Saturday for you. Yeah. Yeah. My roommate still watches <laughs> all the new stuff. And <laughs> I walked in, I was like, their hair's blue. Now? Oh, it, yeah, it, it, was, it changes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Pink, blue, oh, yeah. silver. I was going to say, when do we have a Saturday off that we can? Yeah. Well, screw you guys. We get a lot of Saturdays <laughs> off right now. <laughs> Let's just brag. How about it? Well, Dean, uh, tell the people about yourself, where you're from, and uh, how the hell you got to Nashville and what you do here, man. All right. Uh, well, as uh, previously stated, uh, name's Dean Sizemore. I'm from southeast Kentucky, a little town called Hyden. Shout out to Leslie County. Uh, grew up there, born and raised. Uh, moved to college. I went to the University of Kentucky, um, which is in Lexington. I uh, got a bachelor's degree there in foreign language and international economics. You're using the hell out of that. Yeah, really, really <laughs> speaking a lot of French. We're real good at using our, yeah. our degrees, aren't we? 
Yeah. Um, worked. Uh, I worked at Guitar Center actually for a while after college because I wanted to transfer to the store down here so I would have a job when I moved here. Um, and I, I was probably in that company for about two, two and a half years, I'm guessing. And then my random thing was I worked at Verizon Wireless for a few months <laughs> nice. after that. And then that's a, at, toward the tail end of that. That's when I got my first full-time gig and I've been doing that for nine or 10 years now. Nice. So how long have you been in town? Oh man, I would say it's gotta be 11, 12 years now at this point. Yeah, I, I kind of lose track. I don't have that, like, a lot of people remember the exact day they moved here, and I, I just don't. I yeah, know it was, like, sep- it was August or September of whatever year it was. Yeah. I want to say 2011. So Maybe. how old were you when you uh, started playing guitar? When I really started playing, I was, I was probably, like, 19 or 20. Like, oh, I, nice. was, I was definitely on the older register for so did you like tinker with it before and then like start Uh, like actually trying to play or was it just kind of all at once more or less you know like my parents that my parents got me a guitar and then i knew how to play like every rose has its thorn and stuff like that and i'm sure i played them yeah (laughs) i'm sure i i played them horribly at the time but i thought i was killing it um and then in college i actually um i got asked to lead a worship band and because okay. I was like, I was the only person they knew that played guitar. <laughs> and you I was own like, a guitar? Will you do it? Yeah, I was like, I, <laughs> that sounds I, like worship. Leaders. Yeah, I was like, I guess you know. So I actually took over a worship band, and that's sort of how I learned to play with other people and you know get a better feel for what I was doing as part of a group rather than just playing chords on the side. You know, I actually had to learn like licks and songs and mm-hmm. solos and and that kind of stuff. So th- that's kind of how it really took off. I, okay. I, I was kind of thrown in the the deep end of the pool and it was sink or swim. Cause I actually had to play in front of other people at that point. Yeah. But you know, it's guitar for worship band, you know, at church. So it's not like the pool is very deep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot. Yeah. To, to, to an extent, like, like at that time, like Hillsong United was becoming a thing and like, Oh, these guys use like effects. And that's what I was going to say. Just put a bunch of effects on it and just hit really long notes. Yeah. Yeah. And then make it look like you're just really into it. Yeah. Yeah. For all the guitar players out there, that was like the dotted eighth sound, you know, like every, every, every worship song sounded like a really cool U2 album, (laughs) you know, at that that point. And uh, accurate. Yeah. And I never, I I don't know. I never got into that. I had all the pedals and stuff, but I just, I, it was, it, it it was so inauthentic sounding for me to try to sound like that that I just didn't do it, and I I kind of became known around Lexington as that guy that wouldn't do the dotted eighth delay in the worship songs. <laughs> they were like, "Oh, you're that guy." I was like, "Yeah, I'm that guy." You know, so <laughs> we heard about you. You have been spoken of. Yeah, you literally don't play the songs right. <laughs> yep, that's me. Yeah, yeah. Still, hey, look at that to this day, still doing it. <laughs> that's half my career. So. <laughs> oh yeah, me all day today. There were so many. <laughs> I was in a whole different world today. Yeah, you were. I, I was just people watching the entire morning. <laughs> That's what gets the you number of it. times though you were like, "No, not this song," mm. and just didn't play. <laughs> <laughs> today was a today was an interesting morning. That's that's for sure. In our defense, there was nobody in the room. There was nobody until in, like twelve thirty. Yeah, until mm-hmm. so. yeah, about twelve twelve thirty, and I mean, we had a couple people trinkle in, like haul out, but there was good times. We were playing to nobody. And Noah would start a song that I just didn't know, and I was like, 
Mm. Yeah, I'm going to sit this one out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's just, yeah. And Bobby and I would just sit back and we were just like, yeah. <laughs> what do you call the waltz? And I was like, I'm going to go pee. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do that. Yeah, you do that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So it, since you started taking guitar seriously so late, um, when did you decide that like that's a career thing and you're going to do that long term? Um, honestly, so I was invited to a Rascal Flat show uh, when okay. I was in college. Um, and I... That was in Louisville, I want to say it, I can't remember if it was Freedom Hall at the time, like that's going to age me, uh, or date me rather. Um, it was Rascal Flats, and I want to say Gary Allen opened, and nice. it was one of the first times I recalled I saw the guitar player had like a, a Les Paul gold top, and I was like, oh, that's a really cool guitar, and uh, I think at the time I was playing like an Epiphone Cherry Sunburst, you know, and, and I was like, oh, I like that gold guitar that guy's got, and then Rascal Flats come on and there's just pyro and fireworks and all this stuff going off they were they were coming off i want to say it was the me and my gang album mm. which is awesome like it was such a, a a great sound for that time and country and i just remember like as the first huge pyro goes off i go you can do this in country music because you know <laughs> i'm i'm going to see kiss and aerosmith and and all these bands and uh just i was just floored you know by this by this show and then all the, uh, around that time that's when jason aldean was starting to hit also and um big and rich had came out with save a horse ride a cowboy and all of a sudden i was like man this is really like that, that's when the whole like country rock was yeah country yeah. rock was really, really build up and rise yeah and I, I just recall like she's country came on the radio and it's got that cool breakdown toward the end with the guitar and yeah. i'm just sitting there going like i this is like what I like to play, but it's country music. And, and that sort of started to stir, you know, in me. And I, and I thought, I think I might move to Nashville at some point, but I was like, I'm going to finish college. Mm -hmm. Like, like I was the second one in my family to go to college, like at all on either side. So I was like, I'm going to finish college one way or the other. Cause I want to have a bachelor's degree and be proud of that. Um, but around that time, it really started to stir in me, and that's sort of what pushed me to apply at Guitar Center because I knew I could transfer and sort of have some financial stability when I moved here. Right. And that, yeah, honestly, it kind of boiled down to that Rascal Flat show that I, that I went to because I was nice. just I was just floored by it. And uh, since then, I've actually got to meet Gary Laveau, and I told him that story. So nice. yeah, that that was kind of kind of cool for me to go like full circle yeah, and be like hey man this is circle moment right there yeah like, it's awesome. your fault yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's your fault i didn't use my yeah. college degree yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's kind of what it boils down to it just it just happened to be and i'm not knocking on 90s country like i love 90s country i just didn't grow up on it so that sort of that, that sound of mm -hmm. 90s country didn't really hit me until i moved here and after I got into the whole modern sort of rock country, um, that's when I dived in. And I was like, oh, I really like this Merle Haggard guy. And, and George Jones is cool. Oh, I like George. You know, that, so so my early country evolved after I moved here. Yeah. Because my parents didn't really care for country, so I didn't hear it a lot growing up. And when all that stuff came out on the radio, I was like, oh, this, I, I can do this. Like, this is enjoyable for me to to listen to and play. And, and that's sort of a... In a in a nutshell, what what pushed me to to be here today? Nice, nice. That I was around the same era that that country rock when I like 
started going towards country because mm-hmm. I grew up playing punk and rock and a little bit of metal. And then when I started hearing bands like Jason Aldean and Brantley Gilbert, and they had these like heavier guitars and rock oh, yeah. riffs, I was like, "This is pretty dope." Yeah, like, I can I can jam to this. And my mom listened to a lot of country. My dad listened to a lot of rock. But my mom listened to more 80s and 90s country, sure. not really older. I'm sure she did listen to older stuff, not that I really ever remember hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my grandma listened to a lot of gospel and, and country, things like that. But I never liked country until I heard that stuff. And that's mm-hmm. what. And then growing up in Texas, I had gone to several country shows sure. and concerts throughout my childhood and even one of my high school middle school and high school friends his uh uncle i think it was his uncle was in a country band that we would go and sit and watch every other weekend or something at some point in time in my life but i I just while i enjoyed it it was never anything that i was like oh yeah i'm gonna play this Mm -hmm. and then when i had the opportunity to move here it was kind of the same thing as you it was like oh here's all this older country. Okay. Well, I've got to learn it to get these gigs mm-hmm. and kind of same thing. That's when I started like kind of learn to enjoy it more. Um, though it's still really hard for me to sit down and listen to some of these older country songs and yeah. to learn the bass riffs. Cause it's just one, mm-hmm. five, mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. five. I'm like, well, I already know how this goes. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <We're> done. Right. <laughs> See, my, my whole experience though is like complete opposite. Cause my dad, played drums so Mm -hmm. he was in country bands and he was doing the nashville thing up until he met my mom and so like i would sit in with his band when i was really young Mm -hmm. so i was i was doing the country thing and then when i got into like high school all my friends are like oh let's start a punk band and i'm like cool and then that's all i got to play and i'm like man i like country i get to play all kinds of different grooves in country Mm -hmm. like you get to play rock grooves blues grooves you get to do Mm -hmm. halftime stuff double time stuff like it's all there so i i I kind of it's like I, I just want to go do that so I can do everything. Right. So, was there anybody in your family that was musical, like your mom, your dad, or anybody? Uh, my grandma on my dad's side knew enough guitar to sort of like she knew like G C D sort of those scores. But as far as that goes, I'm the only musician in the family on both sides. Nice. Yeah, wow. that's. I, I don't know where that that spark came from i just remember when i was a kid seeing gene simmons on stage and thinking that's pretty cool i would like to be that guy (laughs) speaking of you are wearing a kiss shirt which i would i know you're a huge kiss fan oh yeah um that uh guitar the ibanez is oh yeah the paul stanley yeah yeah my favorite i i love that thing yeah it was that gig we did together at tin roof and you had that you pulled it out and i was like oh yes yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i drooled over that thing the entire gig oh yeah that that one gets a lot of looks when i'm on stage and there's always that one old guy that looks and he sort of whispers to me he's like is that paul stanley's guitar i'm like yeah yeah (laughs) it is (laughs) yeah it's totally i spent way too much on this shouldn't have bought it (laughs) (laughs) bad idea bad idea i I love it bad idea (laughs) but i I did so here we are so i like to go uh thrift shopping and jump around to pawn shops a lot right and Mm -hmm. there was one off murfreesboro road i don't remember it was like an easy pawn or something that I, i stopped into one day and they had the uh the axe base oh yeah yeah the gene simmons axe base and i was like man 
I wonder how much this thing was. They wanted way mm-hmm. too much for it. And I was like, nah, he's like never played it or anything. This is just a copy. Like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had one at Carter not that long ago. Um, and it wasn't outrageous, but it was like more than I wanted to pay for a base yeah. that, I, that I'm clearly never going to use. Yeah. But I, I almost pulled the trigger just, just to have it. Mm-hmm. Just for the I mean, collection. it's definitely one of the more unique ones I've seen. And. I've seen some pretty cool ones, but yeah, it's just it's an action. It's it's an axe. It's a freaking axe. Literally an axe. Awesome. Yeah, I mean that would be cool as hell to be running. I'm not gonna lie. Stage playing. If we play a show and you have an axe base, I'm gonna have to say, can I ask you a question between every song? I'm also gonna have to learn how to play a bunch of Kiss songs because absolutely damn well, dude freaking hate that like i can't wear a band shirt mm-hmm. of a band whose songs i don't know because we will have to play one yeah so it's funny you say that todd asked me to stop wearing band shirts i believe you i wear <laughs> a bunch of band shirts that they don't because they're country guys i mean our, our drummer plays rock but like cody and, and todd don't know a bunch of the mm-hmm. rock and punk so like i can't wear half the shirts i own on stage <laughs> with Todd because he's like, man, I just don't, I don't know it. That's not my thing. I'm sorry. He's like, I try to, you know, we're trying to keep it country, which, you know, it's his show. Sure, of course, totally. I totally respect that. But it just, it cracks me up because like every other band, I'm always like, band shirts. I'm yeah, like, right. Yeah, we can mm-hmm. play it. Sure, you want to hear it? Let's do it. You know? So how long have you been listening to Kiss since you were a kid? Oh, man. I remember I, I was five or six maybe and Rock and Roll Night came on the radio and I asked my dad, I was like, hey, I like the song. Who's this? And he goes, oh, it's this band from the 70s called kiss i was like can i have a kiss album for my birthday or something, you know and and the, the the weird thing was they they actually got me kiss alive three and i don't know if you guys know this that's that's around the early 90s era of kiss and they didn't have makeup on they were just clad in leather sort of slightly teased hair not like 80s right. they, they almost they had a very grunge look at the time mm-hmm. and i'd say it was like a year before i realized kiss had the whole costume and makeup thing because I heard another another version of Rock and Roll Night and I was like, is this someone covering Kiss? They go, no, that's Kiss. That's just from earlier in their career. And I, so they got me like Kiss Alive one, and then I opened the book and it's just all the it's just the blood and the tongue and all the makeup and I was like, what is this? <laughs> they go, that's what they used to dress like before they took all their makeup off and stuff in the eighties, and I was like, get out of here. And they got me like these Kiss documentaries on VHS and stuff, and and just ju- just absolutely fell head over his and he was in love with this band for you, man. Just, oh yeah, I mean it it just, it just set the idea of what a live music performance was for me. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of been my bar since since I was like five. That's that's fair. I love that because it's it's I feel like the entertainment aspect mm-hmm. gets kind of like put on the back burner a lot of times especially when you're doing bar gigs like we do yeah and it's like well let's just let's play the songs they like we'll try and play them as good as we can and it's like well Mm -hmm. that's great like playing great music is great yeah yeah but it's really boring to watch (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) and And so you got to put on a show with it yeah i've seen some really amazing musicians Mm -hmm. play songs and i'm like this is cool but like nobody's I'm sure they are, but no one looks happy to be yeah. to be doing it. Like there's no energy coming from the the band, and and uh, I mean we all have our nights. Oh, you yeah. know, I'm oh, as yeah. guilty of that as anyone else. <laughs> but I I just remember, you know, when I moved here, there were a few bands that I thought like 
man, how is this guy like just, why does he look like that? He, mm-hmm. He's playing guitar on stage and he's getting paid for it. And, right. Um, again, we've all had our nights, but, um, and it's easy to fall into that when you're doing the same thing yeah, every night, absolutely. sometimes two or three times in a day. And mm-hmm. it's like, you can, you can get to that headspace really easy, mm-hmm. but I mean, when you're putting on a show and everybody's feeling it, like we were talking about before the podcast, when everybody's in and everybody's there yeah. and present and having fun with it, like that's why we do this because mm-hmm. it's not worth it if, yeah. if we don't get that. But yeah, I always go back to my head. I, I just think about guys like Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and Steven Tyler and Slash. And I, I just think like, if I'm going to be on stage, I'm going to look cool and I'm going to try to act cool, mm-hmm. you know, and hundred percent. And that's, that's, that's not easy a lot of the time, but it because but, we're not cool. We're nerds. Yeah. Yeah. We started, we started this podcast about Dragon Ball Z. Right? <laughs> cool but, was not something used to describe me, but until yeah, way later in life. Yeah. I got to tell myself like this, this, these people are on vacation and like, we're making their freaking lives mm-hmm. right now. And they think we're the best band that's ever happened. And this kid over here, this may be. This, this literally happened. We were playing a gig, and this, it was this kid's first live band he'd ever saw. Nice. And I was like, That's "Wow, awesome. that that was someone else for me." You know, back in the day, like mm-hmm. it, like when I go to think about these like vivid concerts I went to, and just remember seeing that, I'm like, "I we're that for that kid now. We're mm-hmm. the first band he ever saw live, and maybe he'll remember my." Les Paul gold top years, <laughs> years later. I don't know. I think he'll remember your hair. Oh yeah. Hopefully. hopefully. You've got some pretty awesome hair. No, the, I try. I try. The, it's a daily struggle. The kids are great. I, I love getting to play for the kids yeah. and Kyle's really good about making them part of the show mm-hmm. and like oh, yeah, showing man. them attention and well, giving I mean, away picks. And kids sticks are so and stuff. impressionable, man. They're mm-hmm. sponges. Like yeah. they, they, they're going to remember that stuff probably more than their parents are, mm-hmm. you know? And so like when you walk over to a kid and of course, like I'm not hard to miss, I have a giant green Mohawk. Right. Like, yeah. So when I walk over to a kid and I give a kid a pick and like fist bump them and they're like, dude, just, I see him grinning ear to ear. Like that's mm-hmm. why I do it. Like to see that kid happy for that moment. They don't get to come. Most of them mm-hmm. don't get to come into the bars. Right. It's like I'm doing it through a window or whatever that they Dude, they think that's cool as hell. They, uh, they love it's it. It's my favorite. It's so, my absolute favorite. It's like yesterday or, or Monday. I'm sorry, yeah. Monday. We were playing at uh, Whiskey River, and Jake went over and sat on the bar and I, or sat on that bar side, and I was like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna go sit over there too. And then Annie came over, and mm-hmm. we're singing to four kids. Man. Yeah, and, and like they were the eating time it of, up. Oh, they yeah. were absolutely loving having it. the time of their lives. And like, it's little moments like that that I will always remember and that's like what i do it for mm-hmm. i'm not going to remember the every every day day-to-day crowd you know like yeah it's yeah people out there cheering along but little moments like that doing something like that for the kids or the guy that uh had cancer and i had a conversation with him in the middle of a gig one day it's little things like that that like that's why i do this like, yeah i know i made somewhat of an impact on that per- like mm-hmm. a positive impact on that person's life cool well think about the impact they made on you too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so like i was playing an an acoustic gig and this guy walked i saw that i saw this these two dudes and they were clearly father and son and the the dad was like probably late 70s give or take you know just full head of gray hair and this this guy walked up and he goes hey man do you know um i think the song is called even though i'm leaving by luke combs and it's about a dad leaving and he's trying to like 
make sure the kid knows he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And he asked me if I knew that. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm going to freaking lose it playing this. So I went outside and looked it up, listened to it. And I'd heard it before, you know, when the album came out. But, uh, yeah, I played that song for this this kid and his dad. And I just I just thought, like, I'm never going to forget this. Like, like the, I have I have some moments like that too. I, I feel you. I, I have a question piggybacking off of that. Yeah. Have you ever like just lost it in the middle of a song in a gig, like like crying? Have you ever just like has something like triggered you in a song? Like, um, has there ever I, been a time where that's happened to you? Yeah, I. Uh, and this this is weird because it's Freebird. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, Freebird makes yeah, me cry yeah, sometimes too. Yeah, dude. <laughs> It's Even so better. weird. So this couple was there and they came up and they, they, you know, I think I had a Freebird shirt on or something and they asked about playing Freebird and, you know, we did the whole 20 here, 20 here, 20 here, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, the story had been they were going to come to Nashville last year and one of them got in a really bad accident. So they, they, you know, had to go to the hospital and do all this recovery time and, uh, they finally got to come to Nashville, you know, after the wife had recovered or whatever. And they, they just wanted to hear Freebird, you know, and they were that couple with just whatever you're picturing in your head right now. They were, <laughs> they were that couple. And, uh, I was, I was like, yeah, sure. You know, and they, I, I think they said something like it's, it's like our song or I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. But, um, you know, play the slide intro. As soon as I started singing the lyrics, they are, visibly losing it like they're hugging each other like nose to nose forehead to forehead tears are rolling down their eyes and i'm like i can't sing right now because they were making <laughs> me so emotionally yeah <laughs> like i was like i'm starting to lose it in Freebird right now and you know like i genuinely like was having a hard time getting the lyrics out because i couldn't i couldn't they were right in the corner of my eye and I had to look away from them to, to sing the song. Like they were having a moment. And I just I was just thinking, oh my God, get to the fast part. Like I, I'm <laughs> like I'm just gonna just rock let this. Me play. <laughs> I'm going to blow this couple's mind right now. Cause they were they were they were just so into it. And I, I know that's just the most random song to say you lost it during, but that's why. That's like the, amazing. Yeah, they they were fucking nose to nose crying and i was like yep i can't do this nope 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 <laughs> that's amazing i tell you the like i've never been like a big crier mm-hmm. like sentimental stuff's never gotten to me sure anything like that and then i had my youngest daughter mm-hmm. she's four now and now everything in the freaking world yeah. makes me cry yeah like I can't get on TikTok for longer than like two minutes, and I'm like, "Yep, nope, man, mm-hmm. I'm done. Yep, I'm over." <laughs> well, I guess you're watching the wrong TikToks. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it's it's random shit. Random, like is it'll be su- like, is this submarine submarine thing making you? Cry? Oh, are we doing that? Are we going there? <laughs> oh man, that may be a little too deep for this podcast. <laughs> oh my no. god! No, oh, too soon. <laughs> nice oh, good. That's nice. very good very good oh. i've had that one in my pocket for God, a yeah. minute yeah <laughs> we've got to get the cameras in here we've right? got to get the cameras in here for our reactions uh more oh, or less man. just so i can watch it back later <laughs> right <laughs> oh all right so 
you're in Nashville, you're doing the thing. What is like the biggest like world changing viewpoint altering? Like, you know, you're coming to Nashville and mm-hmm. you're going to try and do the thing. You get to Nashville. What's like the thing that threw you for a loop? Like you didn't expect or like getting into it. How did, um, how did all that work out? What was the, what was that like? I would say, and I know I don't want to go full cliche here. Like, you know, people say like, I knew people were good, but I didn't know if they were, you know, that good. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you move here and it's, it's, I would say the thing that threw me for a loop is at least I want to say everybody's confident when they move here, you know, like I can do this, you know, I, uh, and, I feel like you have to, at least on some yeah. level, because you know it's a music city. Yeah. And so and, you know that there's great players. So you have to at least think you can compete. And as a musician, I think we're naturally probably a little more confident than than most people in certain respects. Yeah. We're also more vulnerable than people realize. But uh, I would say the thing that threw me for a loop is it's just, it's just a tough town, man. Mm-hmm. It is tough. Mm-hmm. Like, just uh, going back to that song crazy town like it, it it's it's tough mm-hmm. you know it's i mean you literally have to assume that everyone is better than you yeah and everyone is that's the, you know <laughs> yeah. that's that's the yeah. thing yeah, <laughs> yeah that that's the truth like you, yes. you, you have to get your gigs on something different because yeah. you can't just totally depend on your playing yeah like, like the server at the restaurant is probably a better player than you that and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Uh, I can't remember who told it to me, but when I first started talking about moving to Nashville, mm-hmm. somebody said, "Here's what you do: once you cross into Nashville, pull into a gas station, and if you can play better than the guy working the register, yeah. you can come in." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, <laughs> the gas station guy is the gatekeeper to Nashville. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> But the gas station guy's also shredding every yeah. Friday and Saturday yeah, night. Yeah. He's sick. <laughs> but I'd, I'd say that's the thing that's kind of thrown me for a loop. Even even after you know eleven, twelve years, it's 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 difficult to find a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. I would say as long as you're competent and you're a nice person, it's not hard to find work. Like if you get that one lucky gig and people go, "Oh, this person's cool," like you're yep. you're yep. you know, as long as you stick to your guns, you're gonna get work. It's 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 i think it's just tough finding like you know the gig mm-hmm. it's, it's what it, the, the opportunity and it's but no no i mean you you nailed it it's, it's got way more to do with you as a human and mm-hmm. as a person than a player because there's a better player right beside yeah. you yep. yeah and it's yeah. just about being lucky to find that opportunity and working hard and having a reputation for being a hard worker and a good player mm-hmm. and you know i tell people it's a lot of it's like it's just you happen to be there literally you, you just happened to be literally. there when the opportunity you know came about that that's been a lot of my success was i just happened to be either in the right spot or mm-hmm. hanging out with the right person yeah mm-hmm. so like with todd cameron i played the gig before them granted it was the end of my gig so i got <laughs> hammered i was like cool i'm done like let's down these last couple yeah. of shots before the last song you know and then get off stage and have a good time right Todd came over and was like, hey, man, my bass player didn't show up. Can you play for me? And after like 20 minutes of begging me, I was like, no, I'm not doing it. They started without a bass player, and I was like, I'm not letting a band go without a bass player. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to jump out. And I did, and I've been with him almost two years now. Sure. Actually, I think, I think it has been two years. Well, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? 
And it was the same thing like before him. Uh, I was with Sweet Leah, and it was the same kind of thing. I filled in, helping out somebody last minute, and they were just like, "Hey, we really like you. Like, yeah. you want to you want to keep working with us?" And just mm-hmm. had I said no to any of these gigs, who knows where the hell I'm saying? I mean, know? every gig I've ever gotten was an accident. Yeah, like I didn't go expecting to get a gig, trying to get a gig. Nobody approached me in any kind of formal capacity. It was. I knew this guy, and he said, hey, come hang out, and then I got a gig. Mm-hmm. And then I filled in for somebody over here, and that turned into four more gigs. And, yeah, I mean, so, nothing. There's no applying for the position. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. speaking of players being better than you, for one, like, when I showed up to this town, like, I I couldn't fucking play for shit. Like, I was terrible. I, I was right. awful. Like, I could do my punk thing, my rock thing, but, like, I I never did cover songs. I mm-hmm. I just did my own stuff, and it was good enough for where we lived, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but once I started touring and working with these bands and started like playing the the Broadway set, I wasn't playing Broadway. But how I got onto Broadway was my neighbor who lived two houses down. So actually, was the lead guitar or is the lead guitar player for Blake Shelton, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Hey, man, uh, one of my students put together a band." And uh, we need a bass player. Do you want to come play with us? And I was like, uh, "What? What's the gig? What yeah. is it? Who's on it?" And sure enough, three of the guys were from Blake Shelton's band. And I was like, "I'm not, <laughs> no. I'm not ready for uh, this." Uh. And he was, he was like, "No, nah, man, you'll do fine." Like he was like, he's like, "You know most of this stuff already from the bands you toured with." He's like, "You'll do just fine. We'll, we'll get you through it." And they did, man. Like they got me through it. They mm-hmm. did not let me fail, but. I definitely was the worst player on that stage by oh, far. My first gig and was a train wreck. Yeah. Had had I not taken that gig, I wouldn't have a lot of the connections that I have there yeah. now. You know, not just with that band, but like at the venue at Legends with that whole circuit. Now. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just those little opportunities when they arise. If you don't say yes, you could be missing out something mm-hmm. they could really like. Absolutely, your career because man, I got a weekly gig on Broadway, and then after two months of doing that, my confidence way up. Mm-hmm. Six months of doing it, dude, I felt awesome. And then I was at that point, I was like, okay, now I feel like I can gr- start grabbing other gigs. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I have a question based on that story. So you get to plan on Broadway, and you're starting to build the confidence, like sure. Carlos Harvey. You're getting used to it and everything. Did you have a moment where you're like, all right, I've got this, and then you play a gig, and somebody's like, no, the fuck you don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember, oh, I don't, I can, I've, I'll never remember the guy's name. Um, I just took this gig on a whim, and I thought, I'm fine, I got this. And it's one of the two gigs that I've just, shit the bed on and I, I i will never forget it um yeah this dude just asked me and i was like yeah sure whatever no big deal and i knew nothing like <laughs> everything the guy was calling out i did not know i was i don't even recall if i was relying on my phone at the time i, I was mm-hmm. just screw it all right let's try it. it it was so bad the guy didn't call me back yeah that, that was the one time where i'm like yeah that that was bad that was a mistake yep <laughs> um and you know been there. there there are certain times when i'll take a gig that's like it's not that it's i'm getting it over my head it's just when i say yes and then they send me the set list it's like oh wow mm-hmm. i have got a lot of homework to do and it's 
it's it's been to the point where like I'm studying the songs up to the hour that I'm about to leave to go to the bar to play it. Yeah, I've definitely been jamming to the set list on yeah. the way to yeah. to Broadway trying to get the last uh-huh. couple songs in. Oh man, I yep. I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. If I'm playing with new people and there's stuff on the gig that I I don't know, I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. just listen to these over and over and over yeah, and over yeah. and over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, and some of the stuff like a lot of the country stuff, like if you hear it, you can play it. Sure. It's not yeah. difficult. A lot of the rock stuff I've had to learn last minute. Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds like I can play it, and I know I can play it. But until I've done it once or twice, yeah. it does not come out how I think it's mm-hmm. about to. Oh, yeah. Um, misery Business is one That's that you one. have to play through on drums. And, like, because if you're on stage and you go and you're like, no, that one right, you're gone. Yeah. It, you're lost. You can, you're not figuring it out right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like you said, with most country songs, someone can throw you numbers, mm-hmm. or you can look it up on your phone really easy, but if people are like, well, why can't you play Welcome to the Jungle? It's like, do you know how complicated that <laughs> it's is? It's got freaking parts. Yeah, it's got parts. <laughs> it's, it's not just like two parts that are alternating. There's right? like seven or yeah. eight, and yeah, this three song, or four of them are not the same. Yeah, it actually <laughs> has arrangements and, yeah. and signature licks, and the solo. It's like, you, it's, well, it's like um, going back to the band t-shirts. Mm-hmm. I made a mistake and wore a Foo Fighters shirt to a gig. Yep. And they were like, play a Foo Fighters song. I love the Foo Fighters, but I didn't learn mm-hmm. the Foo Fighters. Sure. So, like, yeah, in the car, I can, I can tap along oh, yeah, to yeah. it all day long. But to be like, oh, we're playing Pretender? Well, fuck uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, learn to fly, because it's like an actual, like, song. That's, I was a, about to say my first course, first course. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, that's a pretty safe bet. Learn to fly. We can yeah. do learn to fly, and yeah. then of course that's not the one we tried. It was Pretender, and I'm like, I don't mm. know how to do this. Yeah, I recently did a gig where uh, All My Life was on it, and it's really not that complicated, but it's not a song I was again, familiar it's with. Parts. Yeah, it's the actual parts, <laughs> and was, and there, it's not a basic arrangement. Like yeah. there's things. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I mean, at this point, I'm pretty good with getting around a lot of music, but occasionally there will be that one that comes mm-hmm. up where it's like, like, I, I mean, I, I know it now, but not that long ago, if somebody wanted to hear Mr. Brownstone by Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. and I was like, there's there's genuinely no way. You, you could offer me $5,000 right now, and there's no way this band can play that. Yeah, I take that back. Five thousand, I would do it for five thousand. Oh, oh no, but, we'll, we'll, we'll fuck it all the way. Yeah. Up. What do you five thousand dollars? What the hell do you want? I'm We're gonna make it happen. Go. But uh, yeah, yeah, I would say that I've never technically got in over my head, except for a couple of gigs that I just didn't know the set list. And, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Like I just took gigs that I that I was like, oh shit, like I've I've got to go to the drawing board for yeah. this. So when you moved here, how long was it until you were like doing the Broadway thing? I would say longer than most people. It, it was solidly over a year before I was getting gigs. Like I like I said, I, I worked at Guitar Center, had a little stint at Verizon Wireless uh, in Franklin for a while, um, and just kind of between those those jobs i was doing gigs i actually got a few gigs from guitar center like somebody some of the employees were like dean plays guitar and okay let's do it you know and i took a gig downtown and and uh it was it was stuff like that that ended up 
getting me into full-time work, but it, it was like a solid year and a half. I, I think I had a longer go about it than, than most people. Nice. And so now you have a pretty steady gig working with Ivy. Yeah. Yeah. Ivy Andrews a while. Um, and then do you have any other steady stuff or is it kind of filling in, jumping around here and there? Um, I would say I have steady fill ins. Okay. Like it doesn't happen a lot, but the same people tend to call me and if I'm available, um, uh, I get calls from, uh, oh, God bless him, Frankie Moody. I'm just never able to make it when he calls me for work. Frankie calls me. Uh, I play with Chaz Kincaid. Um, oh, I love Chaz. Recently, I did this thing called the Merle Jam downtown yeah. with uh, Tracy, Tracy Good mm-hmm. and Sean Fuller are on that. And uh, this particular time was a drummer named Emmett. But uh, that's one where the set list, when they sent me the set list, that kind of like scared, almost scared me away from the gig. Mm. Um, and, and, and lucky... Tracy and Sean, they, they were kind enough to let me sort of veto some of the stuff that was really, really complicated. Um, but that's a fun gig. It was it was challenging, but it's very fun. They're an awesome band. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, phenomenal. They, they, absolutely amazing. Yeah, it, it was intimidating to play with those guys for the first time, you know, because, I mean, you know what they've done in the past. So it's like, yeah. oh, don't fuck up in front of these guys. That's, yeah. that's what you're thinking the whole time. And, yeah. And, and well over half of that set list, I'd never played with another human before. So it was like, and it's right. always different. Oh, it's yeah. always so different. Yeah, yeah and they, they definitely change up their show. It's, oh uh, yeah, yeah. I but uh, I wish the, I wasn't always playing when they were playing. Cause I go <laughs> yeah. see them again. They used to play uh, after us when I when I used I was at Mellow for like a year before mm-hmm. COVID hit, and they would always play after us. So I'd get to sit and watch mm-hmm. them sometimes for a little bit. Yeah, phenomenal man, phenomenal musicians. Actually, the pendant that I'm wearing right now. Tracy makes these. Oh, cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. He has a whole uh, Dark Resin Arts is what I mm-hmm. think it is called. Something like that. But yeah, makes some pretty nice. cool stuff. Yeah, I don't do a lot of fill-in stuff, though, because um, it's a lot of what I get called for is that like that 6.15 to 10.15, sort of that odd change over yeah. time. Mm-hmm. I get called for that a lot, or it's like I'll have to go very far to get from one gig to the other and i'm like i just can't make it work but uh we we keep pretty steady with uh with ivy so yeah i I mean yeah i know y'all are pretty busy with that i just i know i I do see you playing with other people here and Mm -hmm. there so i wasn't sure exactly and of course like you've have filled in with me several times yeah yeah that's that's how we met on the frankie gig yep totally so did you yeah yeah you did come play on frankie's yeah yeah i played played a few times on that one it was fun (laughs) At the old I played with you. I played with you in so many different gigs. Now, yeah. like I forget. <laughs> so, hell yeah. No, there, there, there were a handful of guitarists coming through on that gig. <laughs> I, I mean, we were rotating players quite a bit on that. Yeah, gig. We, we really were. I mean, because there were quite a few gigs that I couldn't do because I was booked mm-hmm. elsewhere. So, you know, it it had, that's that's this town though. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. If you have something steady and a steady artist, you're gonna pick them first mm-hmm. before your fill-in gig because well this mm-hmm. is my steady work like yeah it's to me it's a loyalty thing um not that there's a lot of that in the right stuff. there's <laughs> not and it seems to be the people i'm loyal to that aren't loyal to anybody man i, I feel that i feel that that's that, that that's the thing i tell most people when they ask me oh what's it like like do you, do you have any like what's your like what's your biggest advice or and you know besides like learn the learn the songs mm-hmm. be cool the the biggest thing is like 
you're you're going to learn a thing about loyalty mm-hmm. at some point in this town for better or for worse and it'll mm-hmm. probably be for for the worst yep. uh, bottom but, line is yeah. you don't have your gig <laughs> yeah at some point whether it, it, it's, it's whether it's a bar owner a bar manager the booking guy a label an artist mm-hmm. someone is going to disappoint you mm-hmm. at some point you will you will get nashville and even people that are like you may think you're your absolute best friends and would die for you, man. They'll yeah. <laughs> they'll prove you otherwise sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Work friends are work friends. Yeah. Like most of the time, very rarely does it cross that threshold yeah. of the, actually being a friend. The, there's a few groups that I know of that you know they were friends before they moved here, so of course, like they're gonna be loyal mm-hmm. and maintain. But there's only like maybe three or four other groups that I know that like have built that loyalty and friendship while being here. And yeah, you know, most everybody else it's, I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. That's not very far. <laughs> right. So. Well, I, I've been told by a couple of people, they're like, you seem kind of cynical about the whole music scene. And I said, well, that means I'm either usually right or pleasantly surprised. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so that's, yep. that's fair. Uh, that's the best way. Like, I don't think being cynical is necessarily a negative thing. No, that people no. think it is. It just means like I just don't get disappointed a lot yeah, anymore. Like, you know, you've been through it, and you just kind of know what yeah. to expect. And if if it comes out better than you expected, then hell yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> Solid you know, day. Yep. But there's been so many times that you know people have reached out and like, oh hey, let's write and let's do this, and falls through, screw mm-hmm. you over, steal your work. Or you're working with the same group for a year and a half, but you have to sub out for a night or two, and then they yeah. never call you again. Right, right. Just, as soon as you're an inconvenience, you're off the uh-huh. list. Man, I for the longest time, like I wouldn't sub out gigs because I was a few times the guy that subbed in for a gig and then mm-hmm. stole the gig from the previous yep. player, you know, and so like. When I did that, I was like, man, what if they do that to me? Like, I don't want that to ever happen to me. Uh-huh. It did happen to me once prior to that. So I was like, I'm never going to do this. So like, I, I don't ever want to sub out one of my like regular right? gigs. I just don't. And thankfully they don't really cross past much. <laughs> right. But man, I, I've got to, I've got to be dying like, to sub out a gig. Like yeah, there's got to be no way in the entire time I've been here, I've only called out twice. Once I was in an accident and like couldn't, it, it, it physically hurt to breathe. Mm-hmm. So I called out the next day and the day after that I was back on stage, even mm-hmm. though it was still just as painful. And like th- two or three weeks ago, I asked a sub so I could have an extra day at home with my parents. And it's the only two times I've actually called to have mm-hmm. a sub in, in town. I've only called for subs when I've actually been like physically sick. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Can't make it in. And it's, it's been three or four times, but I, I seem to be uh pretty prone to getting food poisoning. I don't know what that <laughs> is about me, but um <laughs> seems to be a pretty common thing for me. Uh, so that's the only time that like I've called out is like, just, I literally like, Hey, I, I, I can't make it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm yeah. prone to dodging bullets lately. Yeah. So yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. was going to bring About that up at that. some point. So <laughs> since you brought it up, 
Um, we did discuss with Ivy uh, the whole Red Door situation. Yeah. Which, again, we all agree that you were a absolute saint. <laughs> you did. You threw yourself on top of her, and that's that's awesome. Like most people wouldn't do something like that. So like shows who you are and your integrity, and that that's an amazing thing. In a horrible situation, unfortunately. But, yeah, it was it was a it was a whole thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> It just uh, it just sort of happened, and uh, like I target shoot a lot with my dad when I go back home. So when I heard the shot, I knew mm-hmm. immediately what had happened. But I thought, oh, surely they've they've dropped it, and it's just went off. And then I, I I'm not sure of the time span between the next few shots because it just I was still reeling like oh that that was a gun and it was right there. That's yeah. that's what freaked me out. I was like it was right there. And then the next few shots started going off, and I was like, this is not an accident. And just, you know, threw her down on the ground, did the best I could in the situation. Um, you know, I didn't want to run out the back of the bar because what if the guy was back there? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now I'm in a foxhole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then recently there was just a another – it was just an argument gone wrong at a bar on DeMumran, and they went to their cars and got their guns. And one guy like left. He actually got in his car and drove off. And then that's when the other guy started opening fire at his car. But obviously, no one knows what's happening. There's just mm-hmm. gunshots going off. Yeah. And people just ran in the bar we were playing. And I'm like, is there a fight? Is this is this a massive bar fight? And then I saw people's faces and heard the screams. And I was like, oh, great. I know what this is. And uh, I mean, luckily, both times, like bar staff, they were they were really good. The cops got there super quick kind of calmed everybody down and uh i i haven't handled either one that bad like i had a moment you know the first the 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 night of the red door shooting i had a moment but uh, security they were they were really cool with me about it and um yeah i mean you just so moral of the story is don't go to a bar with Dean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, if it happens a third time, I'm done. Like, I'm never leaving yeah. the house. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, shit happens and you deal with it. That's the best thing mm-hmm. I can say about it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not everybody we come in contact with is classified as stupid people. <laughs> But there are a lot of stupid people oh, yeah. that like to do the things that yeah. we provide. Uh-huh. So, yep, it's it's a crazy world out there. It really is, and we're the entertainment for the craziest yeah. sometimes. Man, that's that's the truth. That is the absolute truth. Speaking of crazies, um, did you see the the crazy walk in and try to? Oh no, you were on Monday. Monday morning again, one of the the homeless people walked in and tried to steal my drink. Jeez, like, that's so fr- why is this a thing? I don't know. Well, it's because it's cause right it's, there. It's at Legends. The, yeah. So my cup holder is literally right next to the door, and I guess they can see my drinks. But they do. They just come mm-hmm. in and like just try to grab my water bottles, and I'm like, "What are you?" At least the one doing? lady gave you her drink. Oh my god! <laughs> they <Yeah>. traded. <laughs> She looked at me and she just, she held up her water bottle and I just kind of like I shook my head like yeah I see you have a water bottle and she like set it down and then grabbed mine and walked out the door and I was like what are you doing yeah, what just happened <laughs> what did I agree to like this, this I was I just was saying that I saw your water bottle not that we could switch like <sighs> oh, man. 
And then uh, this morning, the dude walking down the street just, Why is everybody so mean to me? <laughs> just, just screaming, just angry, poor guy. Poor dude was upset, man. I felt felt bad for him. Just, and then like he he sat there and like held his breath and like kneeled, bent down for like thirty seconds, and then stood up real calmly and walked away. Hmm. I was like, all right, I guess that's how he calms himself down. <laughs> There's never a dull moment downtown. No man, no, no. And we talked about this last podcast, like sitting here at, at the corner of Legends, man. It's it's like I was doing it, like I said earlier, right. Like, I was people watching. Like, mm-hmm. it's just. It is so easy to get lost in everything going right, on and, around. And, and then, like, just. I'm not, like, you know, a fashion person. I wear all black because that's it just. It's easy. It's slimming. Uh, it, that. That and it all matches. <laughs> right. you know, it's it's easy. But some of the, the outfits that I see downtown, like, I just. I just stare and I'm like. That's how you yeah. wanted to walk outside today. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody put that on, looked at themselves in a mirror, and said, "Yeah, this yeah, will work." I'm killing it. I'm killing it. Uh, man, if I if I put on a different kind of shirt, like if I put on like a button up instead of a mm-hmm. t shirt and look in the mirror, I'm like, "Nah, yeah. look stupid." I'm gonna yeah. go back to my t shirt. <laughs> I always see people with like different button ups. So I'm like, man, I could totally rock that. And they're like, I'll go to the store and try one on. I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, nope, nope. Let's grab the black t-shirt. What's even worse is when you try it on at the store and you're like, yeah, like I really like this. And then you get home and you put it on and you're getting ready to go to the gig and you're like, there's, there's oh, no, no way. Yeah, yeah, there's way, no yeah. way. All confidence gone. What's what's uh, what's one of the weirdest customer experiences you've had on Broadway? Uh, on Broadway? I say Broadway. I mean, it could be at any gig, but I, Broadway's I, usually where they come. <laughs> I, I mean, I I can't think of that many be where it's more of a customer type person. Other gigs, it's not, you know, they're, they're people watching Broadway. They're I definitely mean, customers. That's, that's fair. <laughs> we, we are selling them music. I mean, <sighs> more t shirts in your case. Most of mine have been pretty par for the course downtown. You know, like a guy's just clearly too drunk to be in the bar, mm. or uh, I, I had way weirder things at Guitar Center really? than I've had downtown. Well, Ooh, then please let's do go tell. there. Let's, let's, yeah, let's go there. Um, I'm wondering if I can even say this on the podcast. We don't you, have that many listeners. You can, be say, you can say whatever <laughs> you want. Okay, so this guy, I'll, I'll never forget this guy. He, he would come in. And he had he would always have a dress on, okay, and uh, like a like a sun hat, like one of those floppy sort of like you wear them when you garden, I guess mm-hmm. would be the best. So this guy he he would come in every now and then and just he he would buy stuff, but he would return it a lot, and he was just a very odd individual. And so this one day he comes in, and he had a yellow dress on, and I was helping him out, and as I'm at the register, I look over at his left shoulder and there's a stain on it. And I, I didn't even think about it. I just thought, Oh, there's a stain. Like it could be, it could literally be anything. It could mm-hmm. be food, whatever. So I look at the stain just real quick and he notices me looking at it and he looks down and wipes it and he goes, Oh, Oh man, I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's Coca-Cola. That's definitely not come. And I froze. Yep. My mouth dropped. And I was like, who said it was? You, Your words, you bro. You have offered too much yeah. information. Your, <laughs> Your words, not mine. Uh, 
and I, I I've never had anything come close to that. Like as as far <laughs> as like a customer interaction <laughs> at a bar. Yeah. Mm, like, yeah. Yeah. That that's it, it's probably the weirdest interaction I've had with a human. Yeah. In that, like, ever is is the thing. <laughs> I'm. <laughs> Sorry, my mind is thinking oh. they don't. The stains don't look the same. Like, <laughs> yeah. like they're yeah. clearly different. But like, yeah. but like just generally every day, like if I see something on somebody's shirt, like that's the furthest thing yeah. from my mind. Never like, once have I ever thought, oh, I bet that's come. Yeah, yeah never, <laughs> never. Oh At least not God. in public. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I that, that is above and beyond the weirdest interaction i've had with anybody but kyle i was not ready for this I w- oh i knew you wouldn't I where do we wouldn't. go from I, this yes. <laughs> you know when when he said i'm not sure if this is something i can say on the podcast i was like oh, it's, it's probably what, what, could it, yeah. what could it be yeah. i definitely wasn't thinking that you know? <laughs> next time somebody says that we'll we'll think about it for yeah. a second <laughs> we'll stop yeah. like, hold on <laughs> are bodily fluids involved yeah <laughs> this one's rated uh, m for mature but again, where do we can go from here? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't even know. I would, I would say as far as like fan or customer interactions besides that go, like when I when I've been out with like touring artists, I, I've I've been in charge of like meet and greets and stuff. Oh, so okay. I I got to meet like a lot of random people that were showing up for photos and to talk to the artist. That's when you'll find some interesting cats. Well, yeah, because they're definitely gonna like say all kinds of weird and interesting things to you because you're the closest thing to the band. Oh yeah, they, that they can yeah. get to. So they're gonna. So I'm, you know, I, I've never been in that situation other than like selling my own merch, but like not like we were a big enough band to have that kind of interaction. But I could only imagine. Like, yeah, I've stood in merch lines. I've heard conversations. I've seen things. So. And, and, you know, 99% of the time, people are very sweet. You know, they're mm-hmm. very normal. It's just like that one person in line, you know, just happened to be uh, unique, we'll yeah. say, you know. Yep. <laughs> Still stuck, Kyle. Unique. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So completely jumping to a new train of thought because yeah. I don't know yeah, where I'm, that one's no going. No bodily fluids on <laughs> um, this podcast. You have a podcast. I do have a podcast. So when did you get started with that? Uh, it really wasn't that long ago. I would say within four to five months, if I'm guessing. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty new from what I remember. Yeah. It's, y'all post up. It's hard. I found out about it today. Really? When Kyle was like, yeah. he has a podcast. And I was like, really? What is it? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't remember the name of it. Yeah. It, I, I can't quite recall how old it is just because we sort of sporadically record. We don't have set times okay. it's kind of when we can all actually get together on a, a monday or something there's four of y'all right yeah yeah, yeah there's sarcastic four. four the sarcastic four yeah. it's uh me brandon wiggers liz labelle and ralph purificato um so just four of us that are in some way shape or form connected to the music industry um but we kind of it's not like a rule that we don't talk about music and work but we just kind of don't mm-hmm. uh it's all pop culture nerd culture whatever you want to call it like we talk a lot about star wars marvel dc uh kind of whatever's going on at the time like we we talked about the last of us when it was on hbo for a little while and um and then sort of 
we just kind of like move on to specific things. Like uh, I was telling you guys earlier, we just did our top eight film soundtracks. Yeah. And and the really the only rule was like it can't be, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy because that's all just recorded songs that already exist. It had to be something that was made for the film. Yeah. So Tarzan would count because all that was written for the film. Um. But uh, yeah, we kind of just get out of the the head the the mindset of music for a second. We forget about our careers and what we're worried about and stuff, and we just talk about what we're what we voluntarily do you know we voluntarily love star wars and and all that stuff and it's it's just fun to sort of get together with four like-minded people and talk about that so yeah check out that yes absolutely we're we're on spotify and we're currently working to get on apple music nice nice yeah sure bobby could point you guys in the right direction on yeah yeah where to release your stuff he's in charge of all that Spotify for podcasters. Yeah. And then you just yeah, go heard, down the list and that. you just like put in all your things, your RSS feed mm-hmm. on everything and sign up and everything. And then in like a day or two, it starts posting on mm-hmm. whatever platform. So gotcha. it's super easy. Do y'all have a certain amount of episodes y'all try to release every month? Or again, is it just, just kind of when y'all can do it? Uh, I would say we probably try to do it about once a month give okay. or take like we're recording another one this monday and it's like our sixth or seventh episode how long are y'all's episodes uh they've been around two and a half to three hours oh okay. wow so far. They're, yeah they're, 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 they're longer ones. there's like okay. and usually the way they break down is like the first half will be about something that's going on right now like this this friday we're gonna discuss the flash uh, film which is inevitably gonna lead to discussion about batman i'm sure and y'all then should, yeah. y'all should discuss the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of our podcasts we discussed the <laughs> soundtrack from the Titanic. But yep, that's me. <laughs> There's but, a dead in the water joke here. I just can't put oh, it together. <laughs> got him. Got him. Got him. Oh, All right. <laughs> Since it is clearly the elephant in the room, let's talk about it. <laughs> I would have said fuck off the second dude pulled out the Logitech <laughs> controller and was like, this I is how we pilot that. the sub. Yeah. And I was like, no, the fuck it ain't. <laughs> yeah. It's like a mad cat. We're not playing Nintendo fucking... 64 controllers. <laughs> no, I don't know much about it other than it went, it went, it disappeared when they were look, trying to look at or go look at the uh titanic so i I and i i found out through a friend i was texting yesterday and she had mentioned something to me and i was like huh what's going on like then i looked it up and i was like oh okay and then what about my day because (coughs) it doesn't affect me at all (laughs) jesus (laughs) i know that's terrible but like i'm sorry dude didn't what am i supposed to do (laughs) fair I could be getting this totally wrong, but like I think one of the guys that was in the sub, his son, went to the Blink One Eighty Two show that was like yesterday. I I saw and, also that it was like my family and he posted, said, and it was like my family would have wanted me to go, yeah, or some shit bro. like that. And I was like, yeah. dude, you're allowed to like go do shit in traumatic times, but like at least at the Blink One Eighty Two, okay. At least at the Blink show, though, he was able to go. Where are you? <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> that was beautiful. <sighs> oh, amazing. We but are I'm best sh- friends. <laughs> but I'm sh- oh, yes, that was great. But no, so the the three the three things that get me is one the video game controller mm-hmm. is a hard no. Sure. Two, I saw a clip of the video where he was showing off the sub, and he was like, "This is actually a blah 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 from Home Depot." And nope. Whoa. Nope. And then in an interview, the one of the interviewers asked him, he's like, "So this thing is pretty much indestructible." He's like, "Yeah, we're still testing, but yeah, I'm. I think it's safe to say it's indestructible." I was like, indestructible, unsinkable. Right. This is probably not how we should approach this. I don't think those are the words we should use to describe things that have never been tested in those situations. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's literally what they said about the Titanic. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. This is now, clearly that's. Have they not used it before? No. Is it, no. This, this is the first it. trip, really. Like I think it's been in the water. Sure, just not. But not. At the depths that we're talking, yeah, they about. probably they this probably went like down two and a half miles a down feet, or something yeah, like is, that. They were down what twelve thousand feet or something. It, like it that. was insane. It yeah. was no, there's 12, no chance I would do that. 12, no, no, like, absolutely not. <laughs> I I don't even like going in airplanes all that much. Yeah, and it's done every single day, thousands a oh, day. Sure, like sure. you know, that's that's tried, tested, and true. Like mm-hmm. tried, tested, and true. Like it's good. Um, a random submarine where you got to pay a bunch of money to go down and see the Titanic, which you're going to see the same footage that you saw on the TV screen yeah. a couple years ago. Like, well, and I mean, that's what? the thing. Anything <laughs> that they would like had everything gone great, they would be seeing it on these little bitty monitors anyway. Yeah. So why not just sit at home and watch it on your well, and, big and screen? Like, yeah. Like massive and, and when you TV. see these pictures that are sh- they're showing on the articles of like the Titanic underwater right now they'll show like you know a big shot of it or whatever those uh pictures are so edited and brightened up and enhanced yeah. mm-hmm. like that's not what it looks it's it's pitch black under yeah, there. Yeah. you can't see anything you're, you're seeing a little circle where the flashlight sure. hits and then all the mud and murk and grossness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, nothing. Yeah, it'd be different if I could go in the Titanic, you know, yeah. like somehow like s- scuba dive in it or, yeah. or whatever. But but that's that, even I, then I'd be like, eh, I have a it's fun, just a boat. I have a fun Titanic fact. <sighs> okay. <laughs> go on. I'm scared. I'm going to try to say this without laughing. It's true Hold fact. Hold your breath. Uh, true fact. The Titanic's pool still has water in it. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll see myself out. Well done. Well done. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, uh, I had to. I had that was to. that was awful. <laughs> yeah, I'm terrible. I know. Best dad joke I've got. Love you, Cal. <laughs> but but no, it's true, though. It's true. You're not wrong. I'm not. No, that For once is, in my life, I'm not wrong. Yes. That is borderline just like one of the worst situations I could think of, though. Like yeah. being stuck three miles under the ocean and fingers crossed they find you. Because they're, they're, they were saying something like you can hear them knocking. Yeah, I, I somehow, did see something about that. But the whole thing about it is sound travels faster underwater. So it it's not like, is that helping? Like, Well, not only that, like. They were saying, I was watching clips from the news and stuff, and they were like, even if they find them, there's nothing they can do. Like, there's only, like, four other 
vehicles in the mm-hmm. world that can go that deep. Gosh. Oh yeah. That and is, so yeah, like, good point. even, even if they find them down there, like they can't do anything. Well, and they only have what or had 96 hours of oxygen. Something like that. Yeah, I think I, I heard think it today is. it was like 40 something now. Yeah. So like they didn't have, they don't have a whole lot of oxygen to just be like sitting down. There. Right. No, and, and the and awkwardness like, of like the, the news stuff where they where the guys were literally just dancing around the fact that these people aren't coming. Back. Sure. Sure. Like they yeah. were, they were, it was all like on the off chance that yeah. maybe they made it to the surface and we didn't find them yet. Mm-hmm. It could be be okay but I mean, that's I probably it, not what i happened. hope it works out that's that's my money's on something punctured the sub and it imploded mm-hmm. it would be more humane that way if you think i mean at least it would be instant if you're, yeah. if you're just being objective like yeah best case scenario for that yeah Man, this podcast got dark. Yeah, it, it did. did. Yeah, it did. Bodily fluids, <laughs> Titanic, which is a lot more fluid. It's a lot of fluids. <laughs> so much fluid. Like I said, Titanic's full, <laughs> still full. Yeah. Oh man! So nerd podcast, huh? Yeah. What do you think about that Ezra Miller character? <laughs> man, that that was that that was a whole. I mean, we all know what he did. Yeah, allegedly, we'll say allegedly, but allegedly, it's kind of one of those things where you kind of, you you feel bad about going to see it because of all that you know horseshit that went down. Mm-hmm. But it's also Michael Keaton. I know, and that's and, my Batman. Well, and the, the thing is, if now if you go see the film, it's not like you're giving Ezra Miller money; he's already right. paid. Right. Yeah. Now, are you supporting bad? arguably bad studio decisions for even releasing it. Yes, you are doing that. But you could say that for every yeah. Warner Brothers DC movie sure. that's come out yeah. in the last 20 so years. So you went and saw it on Tuesday? Uh, Yes, Tuesday. Don't spoil it for me, but was it good? I would say there's pacing issues. Okay. There's a couple of times where I was like, just get on, get on, move on from the scene. That's, that's too much I mean, fart that's, jokes. That's, that's pretty common yeah the dc movies anyway there, there was a bit of that overall very fun watch i would recommend seeing it okay good deal really really enjoyed michael keaton and the off. bat suit again yes yeah i'm off tomorrow so i think that's one of the every things part of that makes list. me yeah. so happy yeah of course like obviously looking around i'm a oh, huge yeah. batman fan mm-hmm. so same i've had so many people send me stuff that i won't even open messages it's like i don't want any spoilers like, <laughs> right. i'll wait to read this till after i see the movie they, right. they play on your nostalgia a lot but it's not like overbearing i appreciated every reference they made that's I, good i thought yeah. it was done pretty tastefully nice i'm i'm excited and it's funny as i was actually watching uh batman returns last night so it's a great uh, one yeah, mm-hmm. I I go through the Batman series, like all of them, at least once a month. Nice, <laughs> like the Dark Knight trilogy, the new Batman, all the old Batman movies. I go through them all at least once a month. Uh, it's it's kind of bad. Yeah, it's 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 my safe place. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel you. Like, you know, I want to feel good. I throw on one of those movies and I forget about everything that's going on in the world. <laughs> no, I feel you. That's that's definitely like Star Wars for me. Yeah, like I can I'm constantly watching a series not i mean not just star wars but like i'm constantly like i'm I'm, i think this is my third watch of uh sons of anarchy yeah nice yeah i'm going through that again and then uh ivy turned me on to black mirror 
dude, Black Mirror is fucking cool. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> it's somebody weird else posted up shit. about that yeah. today. They were like, Black Mirror season seven isn't as good as three, but it's something like that they were talking yeah. about today. I saw them post up. I was like, man, I haven't watched that. I need to check that one. Dude, out. Dude, the fucked up thing is like, it's these ideas seem so outlandish, mm-hmm. and then you get to the end of the episode, and you're like, no, that's exactly how the fuck that's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, scary it's, shit. <laughs> from, from from what I've seen so far, it's almost like they're dealing with like, so like, it, it's this early technology that we have, and then they just go, "What if this happened with that technology?" And you go, "Yeah, that could happen." That could mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. All right. Or yeah. It, it plays on like a lot of what we consider social norms and how like legitimately fucked up they can be. Yeah. Like, okay. what if this social norm went really in the wrong? too far in the wrong direction mm-hmm. and it's it's real like somebody okay, said so this it's sounds like, like see this is how my brain works so yeah this sounds like something no I need it's to watch. hella mind trippy it's okay definitely like a modern day twilight zone sort of yeah how that, that's a good comparison. that's how somebody described it to me i was like okay. okay all right well i know a new series i'm watching starting probably tomorrow and, and, <laughs> and because like each episode is its own little thing that's the thing i didn't know i thought it was yeah. a series no it, oh. each episode is its own thing so like if you watch Ooh, one like and you that. don't like it it's got no bearing on the rest of the show i, I kind of like that actually yeah okay yeah you should check it out it's fantastic it's I, also I'm horrifying intrigued at the moment <laughs> yes this will I, I got to go to a gig after this, but tomorrow I'm off and Friday yeah. morning I'm off. So when I'm not at the lake, that's what I'm going to be doing. Check it out. And then next podcast, we'll report Speaking back. Speaking of, because yeah. I've already talked to you about this and I mentioned the lake. Do you have or happen to kayak? I have. I don't think I've ever kayaked. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a pretty good chance I'm buying a, a new, another kayak tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I'll have two. So I'm trying to find people to go kayaking hmm. with. So if anybody listens to this podcast yeah. and you like to go kayaking, hit me up because I want to spend time on the water. I know I went in a complete opposite direction there. But <laughs> <laughs> I just started thinking about what I was doing tomorrow, and I'm like, oh, I'm I off. would definitely yes. like to go kayaking. I went kayaking for the first time last year and Dude. thought I'd hate it. Didn't see any reason I'd like it because that's not my thing at all. Mm-hmm. I'm an inside kind of guy. Yeah, that's but fair. I loved it. It was super relaxing. It was super chill. It was a good workout man yeah you do get a good workout and it's like if you get up earlier and i'm i hate getting up early in the morning i really do but there's something about like getting up early and going out on the water like right as the sun is like rising mm-hmm. oh, up, i'm sure it's still not super hot you can go out for like a few hours before it gets crazy and come home take a nap yeah it's it's wonderful i like naps but yeah are you a video gamer uh, actually, yes. Ooh. Yeah, I grew up like really hardcore into video games, nice. and and I, I think a lot of us that had uh sort of give gave that up a little bit as soon as COVID shut everything down. Jump like, back in. I was <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> buying a PS4. Nice. That's like one of the first things I did when I realized like we can't go anywhere. Uh, but yeah, to yeah to this day there are there are uh, game series that I keep up with. What's your favorite one? Oh, or what are you playing now? Fa- I, I, I would say favorite would be the Last of Us series. Uh, that... Um, really big into Final Fantasy. Love Final Fantasy. Metal Gear Solid is something I've kept up with, and um, I just uh, Ivy for my birthday. Ivy got me a copy of the new Resident Evil Four remake. <sighs> 
for PS5. I haven't played the remake yet. I've, I've huge Resident Evil Yeah, I, I haven't played it yet because I'm actually playing through a Jedi Survivor. Oh, nice. Right now. I bet that's good. Which is I phenomenal. It it's it's a double whammy for me because I you like video games PS4? and Star Wars. Did you said you have? Uh, well, when the pandemic hit, I got a PS4, and right as it was kind of easing, I got lucky, and I was like the last person in the line at GameStop. I got a PS5. Oh, that's when, right. Nice. I do remember that. I do remember yeah. that. They were really hard to find at the time, and I got yeah. I got lucky. Someone in front of me didn't. They they weren't there for a PS5. Nice. Yeah. I love nice. when that happens. I love my PS5. It's so amazing. Yeah. Man, I just bought a Switch again. Switches are great, too. <laughs> uh, Everybody's crazy about that, that Zelda game on Switch now. Yeah, dude. I've, I've seen that a lot lately. Um, I'm I'm still stuck on... Uh, I love Mario Kart. I play it all Mario the time. Mario Kart's great. Oh, yeah. Always. And then uh, Pokemon is what I have on the dude. Switch. Dude, I, I like the I'm Pokemon a, game. I'm, you can just like free roam and do whatever you want. I have this little like Pokemon that I ride around on. <laughs> nice. around Pokemon games it's are awesome. great. I'm like a generation behind though. I, I catch am up. several generations behind on that. I've I've got a uh, I've got a 3ds. That's the last nice. Pokemon that I got. Was nice. whatever the new one was at the time for that one. I don't think I've I touched one. my 3ds in like four years. Yeah. <laughs> I actually traded in my 3DS and all the games so that we could get like a refurbished N64 with refurbished controllers, and it was basically brand new. Hell yeah! And we got a couple games with it too. And then I lost that in the divorce. (sighs) Ouch! We had like every game system. It was amazing, and all I got to keep was the PS4. (laughs) (laughs) When my wife left, I almost immediately bought a PS5. Oh yeah! And I was just like. This is great. And she was like, how do you get the money for that? It's none of your business. None of your business. (laughs) Internally, I was like, I don't fucking have the money for it. I don't know how I'm going to pay the light bill. (laughs) That that was me when I bought the Switch. I was like, should I buy this Switch? I don't have any gigs this week, but ah, screw it. I bought it anyways. Uh Thankfully, I ended up getting gigs, but... Yeah, I've I've been wanting to buy a PS5. Um, I just I haven't pulled the trigger yet. You know, as great as the PS5 is, you mentioned the Nintendo 64. Nothing hits like the way Nintendo 64 and PS1, Mm -hmm. like the original PlayStation, because it was such a leap in. Oh yeah, in technology. And like PS1 to PS2 was also a leap, but it was Mm -hmm. it wasn't the same. It was like. When, when the PlayStation and the 64 came out, it was like, oh, my God, these are in 3D now. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you I had, like, you had, like, gra- like good graphics. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, they were still pixelated, but nonetheless, like, you, you had these. It was, like, still, whole, like, these 3D it was literally graphics. a whole yeah. new world to And it, then from that point explore. on, it was just, okay, the graphics just got better. They just got, that's, that's really mm. all so it that, was to me is that, this, the graphics the, sure. just got better. The gameplay got better, of course, throughout time, but, like. That jump from PS1 to PS2 to 3, 4, 5. And I'm curious to see there. how the PS5, how the how the games evolve. Because mm-hmm. when, they, when you start a new generation, the games are always lower end. Sure. Than once they get into the technology and developers understand it better. And well, I remember stuff, The Last but. of Us came out at the tail end of the PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. And people were kind of blown away. Yeah. You know, like, oh, this was capable of this the entire yeah time and people just hadn't really unlocked that potential of the hardware of the ps3 mm-hmm. at that point 
But yeah, like I'm also pre-internet. Like I'm old enough that I remember not having the internet, and mm-hmm. then dial up, dial up came along. And, same, very same. And then iPhones and all this horseshit. And, and it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's oh god, I hate the internet. But it's like it's interesting, like telling people like like a kid right now we're gonna have to one day explain like oh yeah when a video game came out it was done there was no patching it you couldn't right like, yeah there were, right. there were no extra they, things you could buy on yeah. no no extra costumes yeah. or you just player. had to get it right yeah. the mm-hmm. game just had to be playable and not buggy and glitchy and and there were games that came out that oh, yeah. were that. Oh, yeah. That were exactly that. Mm-hmm. And now, like, I was talking about Jedi Survivor. It came out, and it was there were, like, a lot of frame rate issues and, and this stuff, and the patch. Yeah. You know what I mean? They can just yeah. do that now. And uh, I, there, there's this, like, appreciation, I think, that's going to be lost with, with, like, the younger generation mm-hmm. because it's, it's like, well, when I was a kid, I couldn't look up how to do that on YouTube. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I couldn't you, – you couldn't – you you had like um what do they call them like a game guide mm-hmm. or, or something you had you yep. had a book you, had you a literally had book. a physical you had to book, have the book that you had to go and read and it didn't always explain exactly how to do things it just kind of gave you the general yeah. idea mm-hmm. and then yeah. you had to figure it out and then if you were lucky enough one of your friends was a bigger nerd than you mm-hmm. and already knew how to do it no I, I legit forget that you can look shit up sometimes and I'm like how yeah. the fuck. Wait a minute. Yeah, and I try not. Son of a bitch. Dude, I try not to. Uh-huh. I, I gave up the other day on Jedi Survivor, and I couldn't figure out how to get into this room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I read what the answer was, I go, ah, uh, I just didn't look up there. So, yeah, I was doing that uh, with Batman. I started playing it again on PS4. Solid. And, um, yeah, I, I love it. And the, I... I've already been through the game twice and like beaten it twice, but I was just like redoing it again. I was like, oh, I'll mm-hmm. start over from the beginning again. And going through it, and I got to one point, and I was like, I don't remember how to do any of this. Oh. I, I spent yeah. like three days, and finally said, screw it. I was like, YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it was something so simple. I was like, all right. I spent three full days trying to figure it out. That's why I look it up, because it's something that I've looked at 19 times, and still I'm not yeah. seeing it, so I'm not going well, to. When you, and when you play it for so long, then like you're starting to, you're, you're looking for something big and crazy. Like you mm-hmm. forget everything you've already looked at and seen. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... But um, Tyler Cannon was telling me about the new Harry Potter game. That, oh, oh so it's, good. it's phenomenal. And it's, you know, it's, it's not on PS4. And that was one of the reasons I'm like, oh, maybe I should buy a PS5. It's going to consume my life just like Batman did. Because yeah. when I bought the PS4, it's the, the Batman uh, Dark Knight Special Edition one yeah, that yeah. came with the Arkham Knight game. And I was glued to that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, so good. Glued. Yeah. And I'm like, if I get this PS5 with the new Harry Potter, it's going to be the same thing. Like, no one's going to... I'm already bad enough about being social. No one's going to yeah. see me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I uh, I was very addicted to that game. And then now it's Diablo 4. I've heard Diablo 4 is really good. shit out of Diablo 4. Yeah. Is it on, like, PS5 and all that? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. And it's all cross-platform, so, like... Oh, cool. Not, not me over here on my phone on Amazon looking up PS5s. 
I mean, they're at least easier to find now. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. No, you can, uh, you can buy one. <laughs> yeah. There's like that God of War special edition one mm-hmm. now, which apparently is incredible. Uh, I, I haven't played it yet. But I didn't beat it. I'm about halfway through it. If but I'm, I'm going to spend money on systems, like that's what I'm doing now is I'm buying like the special edition systems. I'm sure. not buying the basic ones anymore. Like I'm just at that point in my life where that's, yeah. that's just where I'm at. <laughs> no, I, I saw a picture and it's probably some like fan done up picture or whatever, but it was of like a, a Spider-Man special edition mm-hmm. PS five. And I was immediately like, no, I'm by, I will. I, yeah. I have to, I have to. And so I started texting all my buddies. Hey, uh, you need a drummer, right? I have some availability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to buy this. <laughs> That was me the other day. I was, it was last night on stage. Somebody said something. I was like, yeah, I'm real thankful for this gig because I need to buy another Harley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to buy another motorcycle. Really, I should pay my taxes. <laughs> Probably. You're still talking about that. Yeah. Like, that's uh, yeah, thing. You just, you just yeah. said that on the internet, too. I did. I'm not worried. I mean, I'm not worried about it. Clearly. Not, not at all. Clearly. Clearly not at all. Nah. Oh, look at that. PS5. <laughs> No, I'm getting it all taken. He care says of. no. Give him like two days, and he'll be yeah. like, "Hey, I did something." <laughs> oh, you'll see it on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not all that private about my life. <laughs> all good. It happens. Just is what it is. Here's me. This is what I am. <laughs> Ta-da! I am irresponsible. <laughs> so, Dean, do you have anything coming up you're looking forward to? Uh, just like. Not not music wise per se. Um, doing a couple trips coming up. I got uh, Ivy and I are going to Atlanta to see uh, Fall Out Boy and Bring Me the Horizon nice. on tour. I hate y'all. Pretty fun little show I hate there. Y'all. Yeah, I, spend I mean, a- I love y'all, but I hate <laughs> y'all for that. Gonna spend a couple of days in Atlanta uh, doing the touristy touristy thing, and um, I forget specifically when, but there's a there's a Disney trip oh, planned. Nice. Yeah, there's a nice. group going so. Just figure out when that is, and so just were, be a were kid. you all in town for a CMA Fest? Yeah, yeah. How many gigs did y'all do that week? I don't think I don't. I swear I don't think we picked up anything extra. So just what, like four or five? That yeah, week? I, I want to say we had four as our band, and she had a fifth one. Okay, um, with someone else, but um, I didn't. We didn't even like play downtown. Really, we were up in Printer's Alley. And uh, Midtown well, mostly playing. Printer's Alley has kind of been y'all's spot because y'all are at Snitch and Alley Pub a lot. Uh, it's Al- it's Alley Taps. Alley Taps. Yeah, it's bad. it's it's a cool little hidden gem up there because <laughs> mm-hmm. the money's not bad at all, and you don't have to deal with all the downtown bullshit. You know, it's it's like a regular bar gig. Yeah, it's <laughs> the like people a, come in and then they stay. It's like <laughs> a regular bar gig. They come in and stay, and the crowd's older, so they're like mm-hmm. kind of more willing to tip mm-hmm. and stuff. Well, so I just started playing at Snitch with fronting my own band there yeah, on yeah. Friday nights. And that's what I was telling Bobby and some other people. I was like, man, I, I like it because it's not a real big bar. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a it's a decent size. It's, it's, it's a smaller area, smaller bar, smaller venue. And it reminds me a lot of the clubs and bars that I played back home, like, coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kind of just, like, for me, it just kind of, like, brings me back down to ground level. I'm playing for people that actually want to listen to the music. Absolutely. And not just there to party in Nashville and mm-hmm. hear the same old songs. Like, oh, I'm getting to play all rock and punk, and it's it's great. It's yeah. stuff that I like. And, like, I know that there's already some bands downtown that'll do, like, Merle Jam. I know they do some metal and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Will's band. It's like, 
while I like metal, that was never anything that I played. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to do all like the '90s rock, 2000s rock, sure. the hard rock stuff, and you know, then throw punk in there. And so far, I've done two gigs. I've got uh, another one there this Friday, and then they have me all the way through like August every Friday. Oh, nice. Yeah. And yeah, they they just gave it to me, and I'm super happy. But it's oh, it's. It's a breath of fresh air. Like I was at first, I was like really nervous. I was like, "Oh, we're probably not going to make any money. It's just going to be like a base pay kind of gig. Mm-hmm. Like, just have fun and get through it." No, man. Like, yeah, I'm having fun. Like, cause I get to do what I want, and I'm. This is like the first band that I'm really fronting. Yeah. But like, yeah, the crowd there, they're they're awesome, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it's never a big crowd. I haven't. I you guys have definitely like filled the room. I have not yet. Gotcha. But the two crowds that we played to, like. They stayed. They tipped. Mm-hmm. They well, enjoyed that, that's it. A, it sang. does feel like it's going to be one of those base pay gigs, and then you count the tips, and you're like, "Holy mm-hmm. hell!" Yeah, like, yeah. Both nights we, we had got like done. forty people, but they stay mm-hmm. and they tip and they have a great time and they're super fun. And, and it's what you were saying about I, I don't know if it's just that bar or Printer's Alley or whatever. People just really like the music, mm-hmm. and they're getting you know fucked up. Yeah. They're not just getting fucked up and you happen to be there playing music. Yeah. They they are like really into it when they're into it. And yeah, I've had bachelorette parties and birthday parties come through there. Oh, sure. Yeah. Excuse me. It's not the same as it is on Broadway. Like mm-hmm. it's they I I don't know, maybe it's because the crowd isn't there. They're just different kinds of people, mm-hmm. but I'm just not getting the same interactions sure. as I do down on Broadway. Um I definitely I will say this: a lot of people that come in there give me a huge ego boost. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like they make me feel really good about what I yeah. do because I am not confident in in fronting my own band yet. I'm not confident in singing, but these people definitely like made me feel good and mm-hmm. like they sing along. They're not just like staring at me like I'm sure. an idiot. Like there was, um, I don't remember what song it was. Will Will knew it well enough to play, get through it, and I was like, "Well, I, th- I think I can get like the melody down in my head." And I was trying to sing, and I I just kind of like lost the words. And the <laughs> crowd just kept singing it back to me, like they're like here, and, like helping me out. I'm like, "Hell yeah!" Like this doesn't happen on Broadway, <laughs> dude. We <laughs> you know? we had a crowd at Alley Taps, and I could th- these kids were just so into it. We were playing Rage Against the Machine. Um, I, I think it was Bulls on Parade. And I, I noticed these three kids over here, they were really, really into it. And they looked sort of European. And they ended up being like French Canadian. But they were getting so into it. And I, I just like, I was like, I wonder if this will work. I just got on the mic and I said, open up this fucking pit. And <laughs> it's the first pit I, that I'm aware of at Alley Taps. Nice. They were full blown doing the whole like pushing each other and. You know, like just sort of get semi-violent at that uh-huh. point. And I was like, "We have a pit going in Printer's Alley right now." That's amazing. That that's amazing. Absolutely. That that happened. Uh, I'm about to do it. I'm about to do it. I'm about to do it. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that happened when I was playing at Alley Taps with Will Beeman. <laughs> nice. Sorry, we have to mention Will Beeman on every oh, episode. He's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been, been the new thing. It didn't start on purpose, sure. but now we can't drop it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've met Will. He's a good dude. Yeah. Very talented. Oh, Super talented. Stupid talented. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. You should share. <laughs> but uh, when we were doing the emo band, like we had legit pits going on. Like, nice. And 
I mean, people were hitting our mics. One popped Will in the face. Like it, mm-hmm. it got rowdy, and that was all like during COVID. Like it got rowdy in there. Dang. Like, and we were like having to like keep it down low and like playing these shows. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, we're getting stupid rowdy. So it, it definitely alley taps, man. Every time I played there, it surprised me. Mm-hmm. Oh so yeah, it yeah. truly surprised me. And um, and then, it's not all. It's not always all locals either. Like there's, oh, totally. there's a good amount of yeah. tourists that go through there, which I, when I first moved here, Printer's Alley was a local spot. Mm-hmm. Like it was. And now obviously like people know about it and it's, it's changed a lot. <laughs> it's definitely had a facelift and got rid of some of the, uh, crappier bars. But, um, you know, we, there are tourists that go through there, but they're the people that don't want to be around all the craziness and sure. crazy tours. These are the people that like they they travel because they like to travel, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. And, and find places like that. So I think that's another reason why they are so willing to like tip and spend the money because mm-hmm. like you they they know you're off the strip and you're doing it elsewhere and having a good time. But yeah, the the few bars I've only played well, whiskey something. Whiskey shot is that on Printer's Alley? I think it's on Third. Okay, it's no, near they, Printer's they, Alley. There's another whiskey something. Yeah. Whiskey. I think it's. It, there's too many whiskey, whiskey bars. Yeah, yeah. Somebody would be like, "Can you play whiskey whatever with me?" And I'm like, "I don't know where I'm going." Right. right now. <laughs> Dude, I I thought I was playing at Whiskey Row one night, and it was Whiskey River. I've oh. I've done that. It, you I've know? done that. And uh, yeah, and so like. Thankfully, I realized it before I was going to the gig, like earlier in that day. Actually, this was we talked about this with Ryan Snyder. It was mm-hmm. with his gig, and so at that point, when I realized, I was like, "Oh, the times overlap." I thought I was at Whiskey Row, which doesn't mm-hmm. start till eleven. You're at Whiskey River, which starts at ten fifteen, ten thirty. Mm-hmm. I won't even be getting done till ten thirty. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I won't make it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they. We've got to come up with uh, some different bar names other than whiskey this, whiskey that. <laughs> Too many whiskeys. Not enough tequila. True. Just tequila cowboy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? I didn't say. No, I didn't say. Make the response to what? that one. Oh my god! So I only play that bar every like couple of months, just because I'm not really on that circuit. Mm-hmm. But I swear, every time I go in there something is different like the last time i went in there they would strike the amps completely mm-hmm. and before that they still had amps on stage but no monitors and it was ears and then before that it was no ears all monitors and now it's like all ears so every time i've gone in there to play it has been a different right. setup and, and i look at the e-drums and stuff yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's like a completely silent stage yep just don't like that i which is all fine and dandy in theory but if you're with practice if you're like near the stage trying to listen to music though you're not you're not going to hear anything so because i put up a post and you commented and and we had this i I did want to talk to you about this Mm -hmm. the monitors situation oh okay okay so here's my thoughts on monitors so so everybody listening knows what's going on i put up a post talking about in do you remember exactly what i said I oh 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 god was it bad so i put up a post talking about things that were um being done into a microphone 
and us having in ears and it bothering me. Uh. And you commented saying something, well, this is why I like, I like wedges and yada, yada, yada. So <clears throat> I, over the last couple of years, like not I, just everybody in town, we switched to in ears on Broadway. I was against it at first. Mm-hmm. And once I started singing, I was constantly losing my voice because I couldn't hear myself. Yeah. And then I started going to in-ears and I was like, oh, I can hear my voice. I don't have to strain anymore. Sure. Like, okay, cool. Because for whatever reason, every time I have a monitor, I can hear everybody else's vocals perfect. I can never hear mine. And they'll be screaming. And I can still never, I don't, I don't, I don't hmm. know what that is, but after that interaction that we had on my post, yep. I started paying attention a lot. Like it was, that was just for some reason that was stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well I do play gigs that have one or the other. When I'm at legends, no in-ears, all monitors. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm not singing at all. Oh. Not singing at all. But when I'm at like old red, yeah, or really anywhere else where I'm singing, like front, even even at uh, Snitch fronting my band, I take my own. I bought my own in ears set. Um, just I wanted to have ears because I was like, I don't want to strain my voice. I got to sing for two and a half to four hours. Like I, I'm not straining my voice, and so that's that's what it is for me. Mm-hmm. If I don't have to sing, I love the live room and the monitors. Sure, I I truly do because. I feel the music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's but if yeah. I have to sing ears, man. Sure. All day. That makes sense. So that's, yeah. Cause with my vocal mic, I don't have like a, I use one of those like Sennheiser E945 models. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's kind of more prone to feedback than the 58s, especially like in a smaller room. So because I like so much guitar coming out of my monitor, I have to have less vocal because that much guitar feeds right back into that, microphone that's in front of my face and i get what you're saying like i can barely hear myself singing because i'm finding a microphone feedback so is is that a problem for you ever not like like yeah is is that a problem for you like not being able to hear your vocal and singing like as long as it's like a fair amount of my vocal and i can hear the harmony i'm fine like I, i i don't really like go off of the um the tone of my voice rather than how i feel like i i just it's kind of weird to say like i just i know i'm singing the right note in the song because of how my body feels right with with that coming out now lately i will say um that's something that i've noticed like i've we've had chelsea on here uh, chelsea foster and coco and they both give voice lessons and Mm -hmm. have been trained and so they've given me tips on the show and off the show here and um, that's something else that I like, I've been focusing on was like how my body feels mm-hmm. and like how I'm resonating with my voice. Totally. And, uh, it's, it's helped. And it, even with the ears in, it's something that I, like, I have to pay attention to. Um, but I definitely, I struggle when there's monitors, mm-hmm. especially if there's no bass amp and I have to run bass through the monitor. Cause I like just vocals right. and guitar. I don't like anything else in my monitor, just vocals and guitar. I can hear everything else on stage. Yeah, yeah. If I have an amp, I don't want bass in my mm-hmm. monitor at all. I've got it behind me. I mm-hmm. can feel it. I can hear it. I'm yeah. golden. Um, but yeah, it's, 
that that was something that I was I was wanting to reach out to you about because I was like, yeah, I think this is I think this is my problem why I don't like <laughs> it. Make, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. And it's only when I'm singing, like like I said, like when I'm at Legends, I love it because I don't have to sing. They try to get me to, and I'm like, nah, it's the morning. I'm not I'm not singing. Like I do <laughs> yeah. a bunch of punk and rock and party music. I'm not doing that at yep. at 11 a.m. Not not happening. Um, but yeah, it's even today. Like I don't know, just. I I like the live sound, mm-hmm. even being you know seven inches away from his ride symbol. Like I still yeah yeah I prefer it over the ears a hundred percent when it comes to the music. I try to play quiet for that gig. You do you do really well, especially lately. Mm-hmm. Um, you got mad at me the until, other day, <laughs> you, bro. You were hitting real hard, real hard. Uh, today the only thing that you got loud on, which does I mean yeah obviously didn't bother me uh was uh oh wipe out wipe out oh i was like i'm featured i'm featured in that i can't not play it yeah yeah you gotta play that one loud well, holy crap! I didn't even realize what time it is. Oh uh, snap! Yeah. Oh yeah. We're, we're all over time here. That's okay. I've I've been enjoying this. Dean, we're gonna have you back. Um, Hell yeah! I've I've really Absolutely. been enjoying this one. Anytime. Um, I would say we could go longer, but I have to get ready for my gig. Yep. <laughs> I wish I had a gig. Are you now. playing tonight? I am playing tonight. Where are you at? I'll be at the old Tin Roof Main Stage. Nice. Tend to close? Close, yeah. Nice, nice. And then uh, what else do you have this week? What do you got going on? Uh, I have a recurring Thursday night acoustic gig with Ivy at Doghouse. Um, Friday, I'm closing at Tin Roof with Chaz Kincaid. Saturday. about that gig. Saturday is, I want to say it's Snitch and Doghouse in Midtown. And then Sunday, the old uh, second fiddle roof, <laughs> God, I love which that is one. which is the new uh, Rippy side room. <laughs> <laughs> Except Rippy side room doesn't have stairs. <laughs> three three stories of stairs. Oh, uh-huh. the, the worst, man. Do those like I call those? I know they're going up, but those are the stairs to hell, man. They really like, do. Fun fact: the back stairs aren't as steep. You know? Yeah, so, I figured um, that out. Yep. I, I was talking to uh, Cindy, and I made a comment about, oh, I'm not looking forward to these stairs. She goes, go up the back stairs. Mm-hmm. I know this sounds, this sounds crazy, but it's it's easier because they're not as steep, and it's not just a straight up. Yep. Yep. And I was like, but you're still going up the same amount of levels. And she goes, just trust me. Like, you're carrying gear. Go up the back. And I was like, okay. And she wasn't kidding. Like, it, oh, it yeah. was... It's easier. like a solid thirty percent better. Yeah, yeah. I, so, but yeah, I've got to do that, it yeah. four times in a row <laughs> yeah. to get all my gear up there. Yeah. Oh. So it it really sucks for drummers and then any guitar player that brings an amp. Do you still run an amp? Or you? Direct? I've been on a camper for years now. Okay, okay. I couldn't I couldn't remember if you were running directly. Yeah, it's way less to carry for my old man back. Man, I'm I'm so grateful for running direct. <laughs> Yeah, it's the mm-hmm. thing I'm most jealous of downtown is like bass players and singers have nothing to carry. Oh, I mean, I still carry sixty pounds of gear because I carry two bases at all times, and then a oh, okay, yeah, I've had too many issues with like a bass dropping out or just for some reason the intonation not being yeah. right. And, like you know, you don't have time to sit there and like fiddle with it for yeah. ten minutes. Like you got to just plug and go. So I've just. Other than my morning gigs, because that one's so laid back, if something happens, I can figure it out. 
but like my evening and afternoon gigs, two bases all the time. Yeah. Um, just, I've had so many situations in the last six, seven years down there that like mm-hmm. something happens and you're like, you panic. And like, it's the last thing you want to do is panic trying to find an instrument. Knock you know, on wood. Yeah. I've only broken a string once. You're not, while you are, again, great player, you're not, I don't feel like you dig a lot. Like, you're not a hard, heavy player, it doesn't seem. Mm. Like, I feel like your touch is a lot lighter. Well, even though you're still rocking the hell out and playing all these, like, awesome rock songs, I don't feel, from what I can hear in my ears and what I've seen you play, you don't seem like a guy that, like, really digs Mm. into your strings. Or the guys that I see breaking strings all the time are like, You let the PA do the work for you. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. You know, um... Who was I talking to the other day? Somebody asked me about um, why I ask what tuning people are in. I'm like, are you in mm-hmm. standard or half step? The reason being is, is I'm going to take a bass for those gigs because my intonation is so low. Like mm-hmm. I like to play mm-hmm. really low because it's less work on my hands. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was actually something I got from uh, Billy Gibbons. Like sure. that's what he talked about in one of their interviews and documentaries. Was he's like he's like let it work for you like don't mm-hmm. don't work so hard for the sound he's like all you gotta do is just put your finger there you don't have mm-hmm. to press real yeah. hard he's like make it make it easy and so ever since that I'm like okay so all my intonations are really low so if like having to go up or down that half step gonna make a big difference oh, yeah. for me <laughs> so yeah but yeah with like touch sensitivity the, the way my main settings are i've got like an amp sort of just around the the breakup so like if like even full wide open volume knob if i just played real easy with my right hand it's 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 borderline a clean guitar tone yeah. but if i just just barely just huh, just give it give it a little love all of a sudden i'm you know angus young <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice i absolutely love yeah it. so the the, the touch sensitivity is very important with the, at least the way my setup goes. I don't know that I don't know about everybody, but yeah, I mean everybody is definitely different. But that's I do pay attention to guitar players and drummers, all, all the players on stage mm-hmm. of how how they play. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I keep in mind for like okay when I like for me now booking my own bands, I'm like okay these are the certain players that I sure. want. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Anyways, we definitely are a little over time on this one, which is fine. I'm cool with it. Um, but we do got to get out of here. Dean, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Great tell talking to you, man. Hell yeah. Tell everybody uh, where they can find you and socials and follow you and all that. Uh, pretty much all my socials. I got lucky. At Dean Sizemore. <laughs> D-E-A-N-S-I-Z-E-M-O-R-E. I'm apparently super, the super only easy. Dean. I'm the only Dean Sizemore, and I pretty I pretty much for the most part just use Twitter. I mean, no, sorry, ex- ugh, excuse me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, you do? No, I I pretty much just use Instagram for like posting my social medias yeah. and stuff. And I I do read a lot on Twitter, but I don't post a lot. Like yeah. Twitter's kind of more of a news source for yeah. me, as weird as that is to say. But uh, I don't do the 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 TikToks and the the snapchats and all that but yeah That's just fair. at dean sizemore you'll you'll find me somewhere and go ahead and uh plug your podcast again i was about to yeah. say the same thing yeah the the podcast it's on spotify it's called the sarcastic four f-o-u-r written out um and we're working to get on apple music soon so hopefully we can get that out there and get some uh quality content for you guys 
Hell yeah, man. Well, thank you again for Hell coming yeah. in and, and talking with us, and we'll definitely have you back. Awesome. Absolutely. Bobby, tell everybody where they can find you. I am at Story of Bob or Story of Bob Music everywhere. If you search Story of Bob, you will find me. And Kyle? And I am Kyle Thurkey or Thurkey Bass everywhere. Again, if you're looking for me, I ain't hard to find. Well, until next time, guys, AMF. Bicycle. This is the way. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We have a great time putting it on for you, so we really appreciate all of the listens. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, we are on Facebook and Instagram. So if you just search Nashville for Nobody's Podcast, we will pop up and you can interact with us that way. We also have some more options coming up in the future for interaction, so that'll be a whole lot of fun. So as always, it's never too late to tip your bartender, and please don't forget to tip your band.